Welcome to this verse-by-verse Bible teaching from Calvary Queen Creek in Arizona with Pastor Jim Remington. We hope you're blessed by listening. Romans 10.17 says, Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. For more information, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org. Well, we're in Revelation chapter 12, if you're new or visiting. We're working our way through Revelation, and right away you might go, oh man, that is such a confusing book. That's so hard to understand. What are you saying? I have a fear of the book of Revelation. That's basically what you're saying. And so, again, so many things are behind fear and fears of the enemy. As we've been going through it, it's not confusing. Now, there are some situations I expressed last week, and you can get the CD, where we might disagree, and it's not heretical, it's not taking scriptures out of context. It's just maybe looking at things a little bit differently, and that's okay. But the gist, this is going to happen. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, there's either going to be a mass disappearing of people, their clothes are not going to be neatly folded on the end of their bed. That goes back to the 70 movies. But uh, there's going to be either a mass disappearance of many, many people. And you're going to come to find out that those people were Bible-believing Christians. They're going to have all that in common. They were Bible-believing Christians. Or there's going to be a sudden massive death. And you're going to find out that those who have died in this mass epidemic, plandemic, whatever you want to call it, interesting, they were Christian. Why did all these Christians die? Or why did all these Christians disappear? It's because it's prophesied in the word of God. Jesus is coming back for his bride, the church. And so if you're here today, you're going whether you like it or not as a Bible-believing Christian. If you don't, you're going to be entering into the tribulation, which we've been studying for the last few months. And we learn in the first three and a half years, half the world's population dies. In the first three and a half years, we're at 8 billion people, make it easy on ourselves. If a billion people go in the rapture, 7 billion left. In three and a half years, three and a half billion people are going to die. That's never happened in history. It's going to be cataclysmic. So if you don't know Jesus, remember this simple thing. Jesus will save you. You can still get saved. Find a Bible. But make that commitment to Jesus before, not after. This isn't scare tactics. This is read your Bible. And so we're in this uh, pause of the action, so to speak, in Revelation chapter 12, where we're getting additional information about history. And as we've already studied, we've, we started in Genesis. We've, we've seen in some of these verses, we've gone back to Genesis, the very beginning. And then we're going past the millennial reign of Christ into eternity. This is covering 6,000 years of human history plus the millennial reign of Christ. So we've been going back and forth, and we're going to see that even this morning. So this is like a pause in the action. We're halfway through the Great Tribulation. And so let's get into our text. Father, we thank you and praise you for the morning. We thank you for this freedom we still have to carry a Bible, to open a Bible, to learn how much you love humanity. There is not one person on the face of this earth that you do not love, that your son did not die for. Eight plus billion people. You love every single person. And every single person 
can accept that forgiveness and become a child of God. Father, I pray for anyone in our midst right now, according to your word, they are called a child of the devil. As all of us were before we received Jesus as our Savior. We were all children of wrath, according to your word, living in willful disobedience. But Father, we thank you and praise you that through your grace and through your mercy, we receive Jesus as our Savior, most of us. And now you see us as saints, that we are holy, that we are unblameable, that we are unreprovable. There's nothing, there's no sin on heaven's record. What a blessing, Father. So help us to grasp, even this morning, as we're in this little interlude in Revelation here, help us to see the bigger picture, why Israel is going through what Israel is going through. Help us to see the bigger picture. And Father, we pray for anyone in our midst, anyone maybe watching on the internet right now, could be in a foreign country, anyone that will listen to the CD maybe weeks from now, Father, open their hearts to your love, your grace, your mercy, to your Holy Spirit desiring to have a relationship with them, that they would not become religious, but they would supernaturally enter into that relationship. And Father, I pray for the gift of teaching that you'll be glorified through your word this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, chapter 12, verse 1. Now a great sign appeared in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun, with the moon under her feet, and on her head a garland of 12 stars. So again, you can get the CDs, but I'm just going to very quickly go over this. As we did our research in the scriptures, we found out that this woman is the nation of Israel. Undeniable. It's facts. So so we're speaking, when you see here, and as we go into this, if you're new, you want to understand there's various women in the book of Revelation. I could go over that right now. Did it before. Get the CD. But this woman is the nation of Israel. Then being with child, she cried out in labor and in pain to give birth because the Messiah was promised to come through the nation of Israel, the Messiah, Old Testament, Mashiach, the anointed one, was promised to come through the nation of Israel. And that is very, very important for us to understand why the Jews have always been persecuted. They've been more persecuted than any nation that has ever existed. And they're continuing to be persecuted. Now, are they perfect people? By no means. Do they know Jesus as their Savior? A majority do not. That is not why God picked them, because they were a perfect people, a great people. Read your Bible. It actually says, you actually were the fewest in number. It was Abraham that started the Jewish people. Just one. But God wanted to let mankind know that when I make a promise, I'm going to fulfill that promise, even with a rebellious people, because my promises cannot be broken. Our promises as human beings, yes, we fall short. We all fall short, every single one of us. Rely upon the Holy Spirit. So as we're reading through this, we want to understand the bigger picture. This is talking about the nation of Israel. The child is the coming Messiah. Again, get the CDs. And they've been in labor up to this point. We know Jesus was born close to 2,000 years ago, right? So they've been in labor for thousands of years already, waiting for the Messiah to come. He came. So now we see another sign in verse 3 appeared in heaven. And again, if you're new, this is John, the Apostle John. 
one of the original 12. He's writing this in the early 90s, the original 90s, 0090. So the original 90s. And another sign appeared in heaven. Behold, a great fiery red dragon having seven heads and 10 horns and seven diadems on his heads. And so again, we went into the scriptures and we see that the dragon is the devil. Again, get the CD. The dragon is the devil. His tail drew a third of the stars of heaven and threw them to the earth. We believe this is where the devil deceived one third of the angelic host. And we don't have a number, but we believe one third of the angelic host rebelled with Satan to take over the kingdom, the heavenly kingdom. And the dragon stood before the woman who was ready to give birth to devour her child as soon as it was born. And last week we talked about the celebration, what we call the celebration of Christmas, the birth of Christ. And if you've read the story, if you haven't, I greatly encourage you to read your Bible from Genesis to Revelation. This past week in the book of Numbers, phenomenal, phenomenal. And you might be going, really? Uh, Numbers? Yes, phenomenal. Go back and read this past week. An appearance of Christ twice this past week in the book of Numbers an appearance of Jesus in the Old Testament. So you're missing out. Read from Genesis to Revelation. Genesis to Revelation. So important. So to devour her child, we talked about it last week. Herod, uh, the wise men came from the east, most likely Babylon. They came to Herod and said, hey, there's a king. There's a king that's been born according to the scriptures. There's a king that's been born. Oh, really? Well, let me know where he is. I want to come worship him too. He was lying because there was only going to be one king. He was it. And there ain't going to be two kings in my kingdom. And we saw, and you can see as you read your Bible, that he sent, he was, uh, the wise men were told by God to go back in a different direction. Don't go back to Herod. And they did. So he was deceived. And so he sent his soldiers to kill every male, every male, two years and younger. There is not going to be another king in my kingdom. So again, as we look at this, before the woman, the nation of Israel, who's ready to give birth, the Messiah finally came into the world. And who does the enemy try to use? Who does Satan, the dragon, try to use? Herod. Who is Satan trying to use today? Lots and lots of people. To do what? To kill image bearers. Through what? How about abortion? How about abortion around the whole world? Millions of image bearers are murdered every single year around the world. How about other forms of murder that are taking place? You see, every single human being that is brought into this earth from conception is an image bearer. That doesn't mean they're saved. That doesn't mean they're Christians, but they're made in the image of God. We're not made in the image of apes. You know, we've been, we've been teaching that for 60 years now. And we're wondering why kids are acting like animals. Well, when you tell 60 years of young people that they came from animals, should we be surprised that they act like animals? Not at all. We shouldn't be surprised. So here is the Messiah. He's come into the world. The enemy tries to kill him. Kill the Messiah. Now we'll pick it up where we're going to pick it up today. Verse 5. She bore a male child, very specifically, a male child, who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron. And her child was caught up to God 
and his throne. Very important. You see, this is obviously the Savior of mankind, which we have come to know to be Jesus. If you're wondering, if you're here this morning, you're kind of wondering, you know, is it Muhammad? Is it Joseph Smith? Is it Buddha? Whatever it might be, you're wondering. That, that, that's good. I'm glad you're searching. You should be searching because we're living in eternity right now. Every single person in this room, you are living in eternity right now. You just haven't taken that next step of called death. So you need to know on this side because there's no such thing as second chances. So we're glad you're here. Find out who you're going to put your trust in. A party? You're going to put your trust in a party? Or in a a social agenda? It's going to fail. Make sure you're putting your trust in Jesus Christ. And as we think about these verses here, John is describing what took place in his lifetime. Think about John writing here through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. The Messiah was born in his lifetime. You know, I've been waiting for 47 years for the rapture. I got saved at 17. I'm excited about the rapture, and I've been excited for 47 years. It is going to happen. I'm anticipating it. I hope you are, because it is going to happen. Well, John was anticipating the Messiah as a young man. And then all of a sudden, the young man comes along to him on the seashore gets Peter and Andrew, James and John, says, follow me. And you read in your Bible, it says they dropped everything. They dropped everything and followed him. Who would be crazy enough to do that? Somebody that was looking for the Messiah. Someone that was looking for a savior. Are you willing to drop whatever it is that you're holding on to, clinging to a religion or a relationship or some other idol worship, sports, or a hobby? Are you willing to drop it and say, I need Jesus more than ever? If you haven't figured it out, we need it more than ever with what's going on in our, in our economy here. John saw the Messiah entering into Jerusalem on what we call Palm Sunday. What took place there? Fulfilling scriptures. John was the only disciple at the cross. He was the only disciple at the cross. And nobody, nobody, ever got off a cross alive. Rome made, Rome made sure of that. Was he there when Jesus took his last breath? We don't believe so. But he knew Jesus is the Messiah, or so I thought, and he's dying, naked. He's dying. But what did that do? It fulfilled scriptures. It fulfilled scriptures. You see, John was there on that resurrection night seeing the Messiah alive once again. Could you imagine? I mean, by this time, Jesus on the cross, he was beaten. No mercy. Scourged. His flesh was torn. Muscles, ligaments, possibly even bones were exposed. Parched from lack of moisture. That's the Messiah? That's your king? That's your God? And now all of a sudden he's standing before you whole? The only wounds are in the wrist, his side and his feet? There's no more scourge? There's no more crown of thorns? He's in his glorified body and he's standing in front of you? Would you believe it? The Bible tells us they were all in disbelief. He said, reach out. Does a ghost have bones? Does it have flesh? 
By the way, you got anything here to eat? I love it. You got anything here to eat? And he ate. And then they rejoiced. He fulfilled the scriptures. John saw the Messiah when he ascended off this earth. And John knows that Jesus is coming back. Why? To fulfill the scriptures. That's why the enemy wants to destroy the nation of Israel. Daniel chapter 7 says this. I was watching in the night visions and behold, one like the son of man. Does that sound familiar? Remember in the gospels, Jesus was called what? The son of man. The son of man. The son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven. So Daniel is having a vision and he's not looking to this earth. He's not looking for a savior of this earth. He's seeing the Messiah coming on the clouds. He came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. I believe that's God the Father, ancient of days. Again, trying to use human terminology because we know in eternity there are no days. There are no hours. There's no seconds. When you take your last breath on this earth as a Bible-believing Christian and you take your first breath in heaven, nobody's going to come up and say, hey, when did you get here? There's no time. It's going to be as if you've always been there. You're not going to, oh, I wonder when I, what time did I get here? There's no clock. But we have to try to explain it in terms that we can understand because eternity is really hard to understand. They brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. Do you get the big picture here of who this him is? This him is the Messiah. This is who John was looking for. John knew Daniel. Of course, the disciples were very narrow, and they just wanted to, be, to overthrow Rome. You know, if we just overthrow Rome, and we took over Rome, the world would be much better, right? Are we hearing that for the next, we're going to hear this for the next eight months, right? If we just get the right person in office, then everything will get better, and everything will be okay. Read your Bible. It's not about that. Vote, register, sign petitions. I do. But keep your head in the Bible because Jesus is coming back. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. Think of all the kingdoms over the last 6,000 years that have come and gone. And you're seeing a kingdom right now in America that is imploding. One of the greatest nations that have, has ever existed. We are imploding as a society. Why? We took prayer out of school and we took the Bible out of school. We're not trusting in God anymore. We have become the God. Mother Nature is our God. Hmm. It's not going too well. And John sees the Messiah ruling and reigning one day, fulfilling Scripture. Psalm chapter 2, we read this a few weeks ago. Ask of me and I will give you the nations for your inheritance. The father speaking to his son. And the ends of the earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron. You shall dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. So verse 6, and then the woman fled into the wilderness. So now we're going from heaven 
back to earth. So we see that Jesus is resurrected. He's at the throne, the right hand of the throne of God. He is coming back. Then the woman, so who's the woman here? The nation of Israel. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God. Notice that. Grace and mercy, even in the middle of the great tribulation, 50%, half the world's been annihilated. Because if you're wondering if there's grace and mercy after the rapture, if you haven't been with us, you're going to find as you read your Bible in the, during the tribulation, in heaven, there's an innumerable, an innumerable host of saints. They cannot be numbered. And it says, John, the angel asks, who are these? And John says, I don't know, you tell me. And he says, these are those who have come out of the great tribulation. So there's going to be millions, if not billions of people saved, but it's going to cost them dearly. They're going to die. Some will get their heads lopped off, fulfilling scriptures. But there could possibly be a billion, two billion people that get saved during the great tribulation. We don't know, but we know it's an innumerable host according to the word of God. So remember that, that they should feed her, they should feed her there 1,260 days. So again, this could be confusing, but so you have to keep the characters in proper order in their proper place, and then it's less confusing. So we know the woman is Israel. So there's going to, something's going to take place, which we're going to read about. Then the woman fled into the wilderness where she has a place prepared by God that, she should, that they should feed her there 1,260 days. Remember, we're halfway through the tribulation period, and now the Antichrist, the Antichrist, there's the spirit of Antichrist. What is the spirit? And you'll get this in 1 John. The spirit of the Antichrist is anyone that takes your eyes off of Jesus Christ. That would be Islam. That would be Mormonism. That would be Jehovah Witness. That would be Buddhism. That would be Roman Catholic. We're not bashing religions here. We have to be mature enough because it's your eternity at stake. I'm not going to love you to hell. We have to be mature enough to talk about these realities. Who are we worshiping? Are we worshiping Mary? Or are we worshiping Jesus Christ? Are we worshiping Muhammad? Buddha, what are we worshiping? Everybody's worshiping something. It might be Mother Nature. It might be your own life. You're worshiping. We're all worshiping something. You're basing your trust in something. And so we're halfway through the tribulation, and now the Antichrist, that person that is mentioned, one man is going to rise up, and anti means in place of or instead of. So in other words, we know Jesus is the Christ the Messiah. The New Testament, Greek, the Christ means the anointed one. Messiah, Old Testament, Hebrew, the anointed one. Jesus is the Christ. Well, the Antichrist is going to come up and bring peace to the earth, and people are going to willingly follow him, and they're going to say, he is our Savior. This is what's taking place now. He has demanded worship from the whole world, and there will be those who will not bow down to worship. For in their eyes they have now been opened, and they see the bigger picture. They have come to realize what is happening. Scriptures are being fulfilled in the Great Tribulation. 
and they are going to flee from the Antichrist to a place that God has specifically, notice we just read it, God has prepared this place for them for three and one half years or for 42 months or for a time times and half a time. We'll see that as we go in the rest of the scriptures, rest of Revelation here. And again, here's just another example, even in the midst of the great tribulation, of God's grace and mercy. So if you don't think God is being graceful and merciful right now, you don't understand the scriptures and you don't understand God. Even right now today, if you don't know Jesus as your Savior, He is being gracious and merciful to you. He's giving you another breath to acknowledge I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. God loves me. Why would I turn away from that? I'm going to receive Jesus as my Savior. Even right now, that's grace and mercy. The world will try to tell you differently about Christians nowadays, that we're all hateful, that we hate people. That is not fact. For God so loved the world. But we love people enough to tell them the truth. Because, but because you speak the truth in love nowadays, especially if you reference the Bible, that's considered hateful. You are a hater. You're anti-this, anti-that. And you will be canceled. God is going to protect many within the nation of Israel from the Antichrist. That person, not just the spirit, but that person. And he is going to do it miraculously. Some think that this special place may be in the land of Moab, Jordan. Remember we had a missionary from Jordan just a few weeks ago? Or modern day, as I said, just modern day Jordan. That place specifically known as Petra. And so you've probably seen this on a movie a few years back. This is literally in Jordan. It's 100 square miles, this city. Thousands of people used to live there many, many, many years ago. Literal location. Very possibly the place that might be prepared for them. We don't know for sure, but it's a very good pick. They can't go, get your, get your brain thinking here, they can't go into the Mediterranean Sea, right? Are they going to go north where Russia is coming down? Probably not. Are they going to go south where the Egyptians and Libya and others are coming at them as well? Probably not. What does that leave? East. Go east, young man go east. And Jordan is right across the Jordan River. It's not very far. It's not like thousands of miles away. It's just a few miles away. Petra is just a few miles away. If you wanted to go there, you could still go there today. You can go on a tour. But this we do know, that God is going to take care of those Israelites who believe that God is real. Now, as I think about this, could this even include the unbeliever as well as the believer. Maybe you can look back in your life as an unbeliever, now that you're a believer, you go, what, man, God was so good to me. I didn't know it. But, you know, he took care of me. And now that I'm a Bible-believing Christian, I can look back and say, thank you, God, for, I, I could think of some things in my mind. Thank you, God, for keeping me away from that. I had not, this just popped into my mind. I had an opportunity to do cocaine. 
there was four people in the house. I was one of the four. And there was, this, was be, this was before I knew Jesus as my Savior. I was 17. We were having a party, smoked a lot of marijuana. Everybody left. And one of the guys said, hey, we're going to go do some cocaine in the, in the back bedroom. You want to come? Sure. Why not? You know, when you're high, you'll do anything stupid. And there was a gal there. And she grabbed me and said, you're not going back there. Okay. <laughs> she was bigger than me. Okay. <laughs> that was the hand of God. As a believer, I can look back and go, that was the hand of God. So even as an unbeliever, can God show his grace and mercy? Absolutely. Absolutely. So could it be that even unbelievers are going to go to this area and through the whole process of seeing believers and hearing about God's goodness and faithfulness, could they maybe receive Jesus as their Savior during that time? Good possibility. Well, let's skip down to verse 13. And when the dragon saw that he had been cast to the earth, he persecuted the woman, so these are the Israelites, who gave birth to the male child, to the Messiah, But the woman was given two wings of a great eagle that she might fly into the wilderness to her place where she is nourished for a time and times and half a time. So we believe that time means a year. Times would be two years and half a time is half a year, three and a half years from the presence of the serpent or the dragon. And I thought I was going to get further, but I'm not. And there's too much information to rush this. So we're going to pick it up next week. But I purposely skipped over 7 through 12 so that we could get the flow of what's taking place and why is this woman being persecuted? Why is the nation of Israel being persecuted? So we'll leave it at that. So read ahead. And again, I encourage you during this week, read through the rest of the book of Revelation. Read through the rest of the book of Revelation at least once this week. So as I continue teaching, you're not going to be like, where's he at? Why does he say that? What, what? If you read ahead, it's going to keep making more and more sense as we keep working through it. So do yourself, don't do yourself a disservice and not read ahead because you're lazy. Read ahead. Study the Word of God. Have a devotional time every single day. If you're putting your hope in the Republican Party, the Democratic Party, the Socialist Party, if you're putting your hope in BLM or some other social justice system agenda, you're going to be disappointed in November. If you put your hope in Jesus and you keep reading your Bible, You're going to grow in your understanding. You're going to have the peace that surpasses understanding. And you're going to go, you know what? This is just a part of God's plan. We're going down, but I'm going up. So God, help me take somebody with me. Help me to plant this week. Help me to fertilize. Help me to water. God, guys, we all should be available for God to use us. People are going to hell every single day. People are dying every single day. Might not be directly around us, but they might die in a few years that were around us. So we want to take this opportunity to plant, to water, to fertilize, to get their eyes off of all this nonsense. Lift their eyes to heaven a little bit. 
and say, where is your hope? Just ask them, I would encourage you to ask a simple question this week. Ask a simple question to get a conversation going. Ask somebody on your own time, not during your work time, you be the best employee on the job site. But after work, before work, lunch hour, just ask them a simple question. Say, can I ask you a question? And if they say yes, praise God. If they say no, then leave them alone. But if they say yes, you might just want to ask them, where's your hope? Where is your hope? You think that might start a conversation? They might go, what? What are you talking about? Then you might have to rephrase it and go, well, who are, your pla- who are you placing your hope in? Who are you placing your hope in? Oh, huh. You know, I hadn't thought about that before. That's a good question. I bet they'll say that's a good question. But if you go in wanting to have an argument, they're going to look at you like, you're trying to get to argue with me? Guys, don't go in for an argument. Go in with love, grace, and mercy. Say, where's your hope? Who are you hoping in? Tone is very important. Body language is very important. If they see that you love them, I think you might have a really good conversation. It might be short and sweet. But you planted, you watered, you fertilized. And maybe at the end of the conversation, you might be able to ask them, you know what, can I pray for you for something this week? Can I pray for you for something? And by that time, I bet they're going to be so broken down that they will say, yes. Yes, you can. And here it is. And what a blessing that's going to be. Father, we thank you and praise you for your goodness, your faithfulness. Lord, we thank you for all you're doing in our lives and that you challenge us. We, most of us do not need another Bible study. Most of us need a kick in the pants to be busy about our Father's business. All of us need more of your Holy Spirit because we cannot do this on our own. We all fall short, even as Jesus said, Apart from me, you can do nothing. And he was obviously talking about eternal things, spiritual things. So, Father, as we go forth into our mission field, may we be challenged. May we be encouraged. If necessary, maybe we needed a rebuke this morning. Whatever the case may be, we want to love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we want to love our neighbor as much as we love ourselves. The two greatest commandments according to Jesus. So Father, fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. We ask, we seek, we knock right now. And we know according to your word that you will answer that prayer every single time. No matter when it happens during the week, no matter what the hour might be. During the night, when most people are asleep, you're not. You will answer that prayer. That's a guaranteed yes. I will give you more of the Holy Spirit right now. That's a guaranteed answer. So, Father, even right now, wherever we are, young in the faith, old in the faith, not in the faith, 
Fill us afresh with your Holy Spirit. And for those who are not in the faith, you're drawing them, you're para. You're in this room, you're drawing them to your throne, Father, that they would open their spiritual eyes, so to speak, and they would acknowledge I'm a sinner in need of a Savior, and they would ask Jesus to be their Savior. You know, as the saints are praying, we got about two minutes. As the saints are praying, I'm going to pray a simple little prayer. If you can acknowledge right now that you're a sinner in need of a Savior, I'm going to pray a simple little prayer. And don't get hung up in the prayer. It's just, a, it's just a prayer. It's not a memorized prayer. It's just a prayer. But if you would like to pray this prayer, you pray this prayer, and God will receive you as his son and as his daughter. Again, this is just another opportunity God's allowing you. We had a little shorter study, so God's allowing you to make that decision about Jesus. What are you going to do with Jesus? Just pray this simple prayer if you'd like to receive Jesus as your Savior this morning. God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner. There's no way I'm going to heaven. So God, I repent. I turn to you. And I ask for your forgiveness. God, I ask Jesus into my life right now. God, I ask your Holy Spirit into my life right now. I don't know what that means, but I trust, I already trust enough, you enough, that you're going to show me, you're going to teach me through the word, through prayer, through mature Christians, through a Bible-believing church, you're going to show me what that means. And God, I say thank you right now that you just accepted me. You've given me your Holy Spirit. I am now your son. I am now your daughter. And I can now call you Father. My Father. Abba. Daddy. Thank you, Father, for accepting me. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening to this teaching from God's Word. If you have any questions, would like to request prayer, or want more information about our church and how you can experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ in your life, please visit calvaryqueencreek.org.